Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, March 12th, 2007. SWOT Analysis, Part 2 of 3. Hi, this is Mike, and on behalf of Mark and I, welcome back to Manager Tools. Today, we continue our conversation about strategy and a simple SWOT analysis. Before we continue, though, a bit of news. For those of you who don't frequent the website too often, I wanted to point out that we have a new members-only RSS feed. Remember, um, by the way, registration is completely free. At our listeners' request, the new members-only feed contains all the podcasts. That's all the archive podcasts, the current podcast, and the monthly members-only podcast, all in one single easy-to-use feed. Over 100 casts on how to be an effective manager for the low, low price of, uh, nothing. Now, many of you, particularly the newer listeners who want to listen to the archives, will find the new feed a great time saver. You'll find the instructions on the homepage at the website. Mark and I hope you find it useful, and be sure to drop us some feedback on how it works for you. So, with that announcement, let's get on to our conversation on strategy and SWAT. Okay, so, so now that we have a good sense of at least where we're coming from relative right. to strategy, let's, let's, let's get into the SWOT itself. And, and the first step we talked about was to create your own simple SWOT process. What's that all right. about? Right, okay. Um, basically, we're, we're going to give a series of – we're going to have a timeline for a number of weeks here that takes 12 weeks. If people are thinking they can do this in a few days, if your boss says, I want it done in a few days, you can collapse some of this, but not all of it. You, you can try to get it done in a few days, but but I promise you the, the process by which you do this well will resist it being done in a few days. Uh, or you can do it in a few days, but it will really stink, and the strategy that comes out of it will be awful unless your boss is a genius. And that happens, um, but it's pretty rare. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so basically, we're going to give this timeline. Um, and if you and your org are doing this for the first time, you don't need anything more complicated than what we're going to tell you to get you started. Anything more complicated than this will add weeks to your timeline. And we already have 12 here, and I've done this so many times, and it always goes slower than I want it to do, and I want it to. And about 12 weeks is about where I feel like I can actually make something happen. Now, for a small group of 10 people in a small company, maybe it'll go faster. Maybe you can get it done in three weeks. That's fine. Um, but for the most part, bigger organizations within a larger structure um, or construct, it'll take 12 weeks. Right, and, and, it and looks that's just the, the SWAT we're talking about. We're not talking yeah, about developing right. the actual strategy. We're right, just talking exactly. about getting a handle on the environment. The SWAT just says, yeah, this is where we are, and this is what we think about our environment. Now let's talk about what we think that means and where our opportunities are and what we're going to do about it. Yeah. yeah. So, that, uh, so and, taking that 60-day objective to create the strategy might not be might be something to go back to your boss about and yes. ask for a couple more days at least. Good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A couple more at least. <laughs> if you care about your future anyway. Yeah. Or your, your, your employed some, some future. Do. Yeah. Um, okay. Basic timeline, it looks like this. Week one, you're going to create a set of slides that describe each step. And, and we have on the site a basic start, a series of slides that will help you. Um, and you want to flesh those slides out a little bit and email them to your trial balloon friends by the end of your first week. Okay, 
So the boss says, I want to come up with something. You basically come up with something. We've given you what amounts to a catalytic set of slides that'll help you get started. You massage them a little bit and you email slides to your trial balloon friends by the end of your first week. Week two, you float those trial balloons and incorporate their thoughts into your slides and process. In other words, you're going to meet with, and we'll, t- we'll, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, week three, you're going to brief the boss. Week four, and, and by the way, yeah, you could do this in three days or four days, and you will kill yourself doing it. And you'll you'll send it out to people and say, I'd like to meet with you tomorrow. And they say, gee, I'm sorry, I'm traveling. I'm in California for the next three days. And uh, how about next Tuesday? So give yourself a week. And if you finish early, lucky you. Far better to under-promise and over-deliver on something like this. And if people feel rushed and they worry that things are going too fast, they're going to be afraid that strategy, the place where people expect all of their faculties to be brought to bear to do their best possible thinking, which no one will tell you they do when they're rushed, they will start pushing back against your process. And it will not be the boss's strategic failure. It will be your process failure. Take your time. Okay. Week three, brief boss. Week four, you're going to prepare a set of slides for the boss to email out to all the participants. We're, we're going to get to who, who should be participants in just a minute. Um, I, I, the first three weeks, okay, they can be collapsed a little bit. But again, you can't collapse the next couple of steps. Good strategy meetings require good previous thought. The meetings, something special happens in the meetings, but it is only based on good advance work being done. Participants will not freely brainstorm about strategy in front of one another without having thought about it in some framework like SWOT. Yeah. Okay. Now, regarding participants, we basically want all of the key directs of whomever the boss is who's directing the strategy come up with. Now, defining key is somewhat difficult, but generally we mean those who have a significant impact on the boss's success. If this is your first year, make a good judgment call and leave it at that. Okay. If we're talking about an organization of 50 people or more, um, don't have more than 15 people in the room. Um, and please don't have too many more in the room than are actually presenting at some point. If there are 10 people that are going to be doing the advance work and presenting, don't have 20 people in the room. Because then all you've got is, is you know, hangers on. They just want to say that they were in the strategy meetings. And, and they, don't, they don't add anything. They ask silly questions. They don't appreciate how much time it took for people to prepare their work. Um, and, and, and there's a key ahead. point here, though. You said key directs. I mean, I, we know of many executives that have, say, four or five direct reports that have subordinate managers and they have, you know, organizations themselves under them. But the, right, but the executive also has an admin and has maybe three or four direct reports that are more staff, more more staff function related. And, yeah. and in our experience, I'd say that the, the the certainly the admin and the staff related folks in they general can be left are out. Probably right. not participating in this, right? Right. Yeah. With with a caveat that if you can include them and you don't go more than ten people, you're fine. When you start bumping up against ten, now you have to start making choices. If you've only got 10 people in your organization, as long as you can have all 10 in the room at the same time and you're not ca- causing your organization's operational ability to grind to a halt, have them all in the room. 
Remember, though, it's going to be hours and hours and hours together. It's going to be a series of meetings. This could take weeks. Um, so it's not like you can have a three-hour meeting with everybody there and magically get a strategy. Right. I guess the, and the other piece would be that the folks in the room are actually able to c- contribute to the strategy. Yes. And yeah. And that's – yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that, that was week four. Um, week five and six – you allow folks to work on their input. So basically what you're going to be doing is providing a template that says, here's a way to think about strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats. I want you to prepare your work um, um, on actually opportunities and threats first. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Um, And while they're working, you will have told them in advance that you're going to visit with each one of them at least once, sharing ideas that you've heard from, from others and also encouraging them And remember something, you're not going to teach them a lot about SWAT because you have never done this before. Do not attempt to impress people by saying, oh, sure, we're going to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. Repeatedly say, I've never done this before, but here's a process that I know works. It's widely used uh, and we're feeling our way. And this is in a way, it's a bit like beta and we're going to have learned so much. We're going to be so much better off following this process. There is no perfect process. Um, we're going to be so much better off following this process that year two, we will not only have a better process, we'll have better content as well. But if some boss magically wants to have excellent strategy the first time they ever go through the process, they're smoking crack. It is not going to happen. Right. Can you, can you imagine a, a chairman of the board who... <laughs> Who had the CEO say, I I can't or I don't need to do strategy. I'll just hire some consultants to do it for me. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I'm sorry. What am I paying you for? (laughs) Excellent. Um, Okay. Um, So week five and six, folks are working on their input. Week six and seven, require all briefings to come back to you as slides. Please, whatever you do, don't allow folks to wait until they present to come up with slides. They've got to have their slides in, uh, at least on the first part, on the external, on opportunities and threats, before external, uh, before the external set of meetings goes. Okay. Why, you know, why is this? Um, because what happens is, uh, l- let's say um, there are f- seven directs and they're all going to present, but we only have time, let's say, in the first meeting for three of the people to present. Um, what happens is somebody says, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to wait until Bob presents, and I'm going to use what I hear in terms of the boss's feedback to Bob to modify my slides. Two things happen. One, um, he looks better than Bob because he's seen somebody do it, and he gets to benefit from all that feedback. But secondly, and really more dangerously, um, you end up getting a subset of the original set of thinking. People don't, are, they don't tend to be as creative. They tend to say, oh, I know what's off limits and what's on limits, and I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to be a free thinker. I don't want to be out there. I don't want to really say what's true. I want to say what I know the boss will like. And so you end up with one of those Russian babushka dolls kind of thing where the first person presents and the second person presents a little smaller and the third person presents a little smaller and so on. You've got to get everybody's slides all together for the first set of meetings on external opportunities and threats. Now, is the, is the facilitator, let's say, you know, whoever's, you know, our person in the audience right now who's going to be running this process, are they doing any negotiation of the content during this process? I, John said this, Bob says something else. And Susan says something that's diametrically opposed to either of their ideas. Yes, your your job as a facilitator, which we could we could really turn this and SWAT into fifty 
uh, Cass. Your job as a facilitator is to set up the agenda to give the time, the structure to the meetings, to help people provide them templates so that they have a framework in which to present, and in the course of the presentation, talk about what you see and take notes on it, um, essentially highlighting the key points of agreement, disagreement, uh, insights that people share, and so on. But you're, you're not trying to reach some consensus no. uh, with people's preliminary slides no. beforehand? Okay. No, no. And, and when somebody comes up with a set of slides, unless they're just something that Kramer would do on Seinfeld that you can't even understand. Um, you, George. Yeah, the, the idea would be, um, okay, that's your slides, and let's present, um, and, and you know, we're going to use this process as a learning experience. Remember, this is the first time you've done this. Um, I'm assuming it is if you're, if you're using this cast to get better at it. Okay? Um, so weeks 7 through 12 is when you're going to have your meetings. You start with external opportunities and threats. Everybody presents on opportunities and threats, and then you recycle again, and everybody presents on internal, which is strengths and weaknesses. Okay? Um, the reason you do external first is that if you haven't done this before, everyone wants to do the internal stuff first, thinking that they need more time to get a handle on external stuff doesn't work that way um, the first time. The first time, you're just not going to be very good at external stuff. You're not. And and no amount of Gartner research or, or talking to friends or internet or Google searches or anything else is going to make you all that much better to, in terms of waiting longer. Um, it's actually better to have more time to gather data on internal stuff because that data actually exists somewhere in a way that you might be able to use it and find it provided you massage the right people in your organization in HR or finance or plans or processes or the PMO or whatever. Um, so start with external. People aren't going to be any good at it. Maybe year two you can flip and do internal first um, because probably 20% of the data that you report on is going to change based on what you discover. Like, you know, we talked about this last year and nobody got any insight from it. It really didn't make much difference, and we all agree that it's pretty much stagnant, and that's the way it is, so we're not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, that's fine. That's part of the value of, of using the SWOT over and over again and iteratively making it better. Yeah, um, I sometimes find that focusing on the external gets the brain working a little bit better because internal, it's, it's um, well, the problems in yeah, internal it's limiting. is fighting the tendencies to to see things as you'd like versus what yeah. they are. Yeah, if you start with internal, it also tends to make you think small. You begin to realize, as, you begin to realize what your weaknesses are and the whole – begins to make you think, well, gosh, I you know <laughs> – we're, maybe we're not doing as well as I thought, or here are all of our limits, so let's not talk about opportunities that we know we can't go after because we're limited in that way. And that is perhaps one of the most important insights that I think managers miss. Um, this is a classic Peter Drucker statement. It's true. We just talked to a client recently about this in terms of putting people uh, in the right places at the right time. Organizations that do strategy well do not put good people and good resources and capital and cash toward their threats. When the enemy causes you to conform to his plans, he has beaten you. Great organizations look at their opportunities and invest there while providing some modicum of protection against their threats. They put their strengths 
toward their opportunities and they attempt to mitigate the threats as best they can. Most people miss that. Most people say, let's put our strengths toward the threats. Complete waste. Complete waste. Okay. Now, it depends on how you define opportunities and threats and so on. Uh, I, I don't mean to suggest that that's a pure statement, but too many people mistakenly believe that, oh, we've got to, we've got to fight that competitor's inroads in our area. Not necessarily. Uh, it depends on what your opportunities are, what your strengths are. Always put your strengths where your opportunities are. Okay. Um, so week 7 through 12, you're going to have those meetings. Um, and then after you're done, and it may be a week 9, it may be a week 14, um, you put together a total brief for the boss. And by this time, some consensus or decision is likely to have formed about what she wants to do with the pile of stuff she's got. It may be that there's a blinding flash of the obvious and everybody agrees and we're going to start putting together an action team to come up with tactics to underlay the strategy that we think we're coming toward. Uh, or it may just be, um, let's throw it together with a boss and the boss is going to kick it around with two or three key people and they're going to decide, okay, we think that based on this, we'd like to explore a strategy that includes these areas. What do we think that's going to cost and so on? And then there's planning that goes in. Right. Okay. okay so, this, so this 12-week process, just to be clear, we just walked through. It sounded like it could be the whole cast. But, in fact, we're talking about really step one, which was the creation of the trial swap right. process, the balloon right. swap it, process. It, and, and I guess what we're doing there, Mike, is we're, we're telling them, look, when you communicate what the process is to, to, to people, to the boss and to the people who are the participants – that's what you tell them. Here's a rough idea of what I think is going to happen. Now, now it'd be great to have a couple of pages of calendars in there and say, this is how these are milestones for about when it's going to be done. That's, that's great. Um, but you can't just say, we're going to do SWAT. You, you can't just say strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and here's what SWAT is. Um, you actually have to say, here's how many weeks, here's what you're going to be doing. When you talk process, what managers want to know is, what do you want me to do? And if you just say, I want you to think about strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, managers are going to say, I know better than it's that easy. It's not. So you've got to give them week by week what's going to be happening. And then they go, oh, okay, I understand how this all fits together. I now know that my part has some validity. And the time I spend doing this, which, by the way, it's not like magically I can just make time. <laughs> I don't know what I'm not going to do. Maybe maybe I'll be smart enough and delegate here. But I wasn't doing this three weeks ago, and I was still going home at 7 o'clock at night. What do you want me not to do? Um, so managers are going to say, I, I want to know. If you want my best work, most people say, I want to know how it fits into a larger construct. And that's what that – that's the timeline is. Give people an understanding for where their work is going to fit into a larger uh, construct. Great. Okay, so now, so now that you have the process, you're going to trial balloon your simple SWAT process to folks in the organization, your boss. Exactly. This is, you t- this is you talking to some friends uh, or key dire- the, those key directs of your boss, showing them the above timeline and your slides about SWAT, which we'll talk about in just a minute, along with their requirement to think about these questions we're going to put to them and present that thinking and then getting their input on what you've put together and their buy-in to the concept. It's, it's, it's really not as hard as you think because people think strategy meetings are cool. Uh, wh- whatever. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, yeah. Um, the key points to stress are, and the first time you do this, is, look, you, you can't be wrong. It's like brainstorming. We're going to give you templates. We want you to think about your environment in these ways, answer these questions, 
It's a bit like saying, what's in this snapshot right over there? Oh, those are trees. What's in this snapshot here? Oh, that's a river. What's in this snapshot here? Oh, that's a hill. Well, you put all these snapshots together and you have a pretty good mural of what the landscape, what the map looks like. And, and the map may not be the territory, but it's at least a good place to start before we go walking through the territory. Right. Okay. But you're, you're trying to get some, some agreement as to what that map looks like. You know, where, exactly. Where are the right. mountain ranges? Where are the, the big lakes? It, I, I don't yeah. think I've, we've actually said it, but, but SWAT is a process of map making. Um, it is. I know there's landscape out there. Let's make a map of it. It won't be exact. No map ever is. Um, and then based on that, um, you know, over a period of time of uh, refining our process, our map will get more and more precise. Of course, the landscape is always changing. Um, but basically what you want to do is you want to brief everybody and say, what do you think about this? Here's what I'm going to be asking you to do. The boss is going to be asking you to do this. What do you think the boss is going to think about this? And then what are you willing to do or not do? Um, and then get their buy-in, make some adjustments based on what they tell you so they can feel like they're having a say in what the boss says. So that when the boss turns around next week and says, okay, this is my process, they know what's coming and they're saying, okay, roger that, chief. We can move right. forward. And so the point here is we're, we're getting buy-in on the process before going to the boss. And the next step is taking your your simple process to to the boss itself or her buy-in. Yeah. I think now is a good time, though, to spend a minute talking about strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and threats. Um, uh, you know, let, let's talk external first. When we talk an external analysis, we, we want to look at customers. Um, customers usually are in the, in the category of opportunities. Um, who are our customers? Who are our biggest customers? We don't have to list all of them, but who are our customers? Um, uh, who are the people in the customers and what are the organizations that make up the customers? Are, do they aggregate in some fashion as to be within certain industries and so on? Depends on, depends on the size of the organization. We can't tell you exactly. Here's a way to, to do it exactly. But, um, you know, what kind of pricing issues do we have? What kind of competition is there? That's obviously more likely in the threat area. Um, what do we have as far as distribution issues? Um, what do we have as far as geography issues? Um, in terms of uh, those area, those organizations that tend to be more uh, knowledge worker, I'm thinking consulting as an example. Maybe geography and distribution is not the issue. On the other hand, intellectual property um, and uh, uh, people at, at competition, important people at, in competition and at customers, um, would be an important thing to consider. Uh, and, and that would be related, of course, to relationships. There may be relationships that are opportunities. Maybe a, a former uh, partner of your firm is now the vice president of purchasing at one of your large clients. Oh, I wonder if our business is going to go up at that client. Mm-hmm. Um, things like technology, uh the economy, um, government regulation, um, uh, uncertainties or, you know, natural disasters. We certainly had our share of those in the last few years. Um, supplier issues, which are external. Um, the labor market, which is external. Potential partners. Um, those are kind of some of the things to think of externally. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll detail those a little bit more in the set of slides that are on the, on the website. When we talk internal in terms of strengths and weaknesses, we're talking about, okay, let's take a look at our current performance. How are we doing? Have we been doing well or not well? Um, Have we been throwing off enough cash that we can invest or we're going to have to borrow money from our boss's boss in order to to be able to do any sort of unique or different strategy? Um, what, uh, um, What strengths do we have as far as our marketplace reputation? 
uh, the power of our brand, for instance. What's our cost structure? Um, are we above or below the market? Are we above or below our competitors? Um, how do we look in terms of product? How do we look in terms of research and development? How do we do in terms of employee skills? You know, what's our turnover ratio? Um, you know, how many openings do we have to fill? How long does it take? And how, how flexible can we be based on new market needs? Uh, how is our culture a strength or a weakness? Um, these are the kind of questions to ask. And again, we've got some more in the template that you can use to help people think about to get them started. And the first time you do this, some of those questions uh, uh, are not going to be spot on and people are going to come up with a lot of different answers to them. And then based on that, you'll be able to say, okay, I, I, I can clearly see what we can do next time to ask more precise questions. Um, but just to be clear, if people want a definition, strengths are capabilities that allow you to perform well and those are things we want to leverage. Weaknesses are things that keep you from performing well, and you need to look at them. Opportunities are trends or events or external forces, even ideas that you can capitalize on. And threats are forces outside of your control that your company or maybe just your organization needs to to mitigate or, or at least know that they're there in terms of the potential risks that they pose for a strategy good okay hopefully that helps a little bit yeah well that's it for part two of our three-part series on SWOT and strategy I promise you we'll finish it up next week hopefully you're already taking advantage of the discussion forums at manager tools www.manager-tools.com forward slash forums and if not I encourage you to visit and join us in on some of the great discussions there as always you also feel free to write us at show at manager-tools.com if you have any feedback or suggestions, we always appreciate the feedback. We get better and deliver better value as a result. So until next time, folks, have a great one. So long. So long.